Uh, this is Winston Spear listening to the Yuck Yucks podcast. Why not book a Yuck Yucks on tour show for your school, fundraiser, or next corporate event? Go to yuckyucks.com and click on Hire a Comic. Let our experienced agents help you put together a show that is right for you. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yucky Yucks Comedy Podcast. You are tuning in on a very, very cool episode. Uh, we are actually, you know what, just a couple of updates before I get cracking on this week's episode. Uh, last week's episode, I'm going to have Brett Forte back in. This time we're going to do it in studio and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do it here at the uh, Casa de la Hershey Studios uh, out in Cochrane. And uh, I'm also having some other comics come out. We're all gonna do a big podcast, not with everybody in the same room. We're gonna do them separately. We're gonna marathon. We're gonna we're gonna do a bunch of stuff. Uh, and, and and we're gonna fix the audio, folks. I promise you that. We're gonna master this thing. Uh, this Zoom has been kicking my ass. So uh, it, it's uh, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting that uh, someone as technical as myself. I like to think that I'm technical. Uh, I'm able to, uh, you know, work around uh, quite a bit of equipment, uh, software, anything, uh, you name it. Uh, I've probably monkeyed with it. Um, anyway, I just, I can't get the Zoom recorder. So I think what it, what, what it finally is here, I think I finally figured it out. It's the microphones that I was using because the mics that I've been using have been shit and uh, not picking up properly. So I'm actually going to go back to the music store pick up a couple of uh, cheap microphones and uh, see what I can come up with. Uh, so I did not want to take any chances. Uh, this week, I, I got to sit down with uh, the very funny, the very talented Mr. Michael Yo. That's right, Mr. Michael Yo. You have seen him on, oh my God, uh, everything. Uh, e! Channel, uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Uh, he is obviously a huge uh, longtime panel guest on Chelsea Lately. Uh, and of course, Nick Guetta who uh, just absolute pleasure, uh, surprise guest on the podcast as well. He came in and uh, we were able to hang out and, and he jumped in on the podcast. It was a, such an awesome episode to sit down and talk with both of these gentlemen. Uh, Nick, it turns out, is from the Rio Grande, South Texas, where my mom is from, uh, down in Edinburgh and uh, you know these small towns, Donna, Lyford, Texas, Harlingen, Brownsville, uh, all these areas down south in Texas. And I'll, I'll tell you, the cool thing was that uh, I had no idea. Michael Yo is from Houston. And Nick is from South Texas. So we had lots to talk about. It was so cool sitting back and, and just being able to, you know, just to shoot the shit with these guys, some fellow Texans. Uh, and it's kind of cool to see that, that, you know, Michael does not forget his roots, uh, you know, takes comics from, I don't even think like they met in Texas per se, uh, but it just so happens that they're both from, from Texas. But anyway, it's just, it's cool. You know, you got, it, it would be like, uh, you know, a comic uh, from Canada going down to California or, or, you know, LA or something like that, making it big and, and being sure to include uh, the people that make him better uh, or make her better as a comedian. And I think that's kind of the message that Michael Yo was going with in this is that don't be afraid. Like, don't, you know, have so much ego or pride that you cannot surround yourself with people that are uh, the same or better than you in comedy. Uh, we talk about that in this episode. We talk about, uh, I kind of liken it to jujitsu because uh, I used to go and get my ass kicked every class and you need that. You need that. You need to be humbled. You need to stand on the sidelines and watch uh, people do better than you. And that's okay. It encourages 
not competition, but it, 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 it really, I think, motivates a lot of people to go out there and make your performance better. Go out there and give more than you did before. I think when you surround yourself with people like that, it betters your game. It ups your game. And, and so it was, it was really cool sitting down and talking to these two guys. Uh, obviously, a ton of experience, a ton of knowledge in the business, and, and two people that you guys should really be following out there. Uh, an absolute pleasure to sit down with both these gentlemen. Uh, amazing conversation, and we just had a great time. And afterwards, we got to hang out a little bit. Uh, I was trying to, uh, uh, you know, sell uh, Michael on this uh, Zoom recorder that I got that I still can't even fucking master. But uh, I was some for some reason selling him on it like I was a salesman, and he wanted to go down and buy one uh, because they're enjoying the thirty percent off shopping. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, the American dollar has got in Canada. So, uh, so of course they were looking that they probably had money to burn. Uh, and, and we wanted to go down and pick up one, but like halfway down, he was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to use this thing. So we're like, okay, let's go find a steak place. Uh, these guys want to try out some AAA Alberta beef, what we're famous for, what we're known for here. And, uh, it was funny cause we, we drove all around. I, I drove to a couple of steak houses that I knew and they were all gone. They were all gone or closed. I have no idea what happened to Chop. I have no idea what happened to uh, uh, the keg down on 11th Ave. I think it is on Electric Ave or whatever. That one moved apparently. But there's no signs. And no one says, you know, this is where it is, uh, you know, or, or this is where it's moved to. Uh, and, the, you know, my map wasn't saying shit. Anyway, we drove around downtown for like a half an hour. We couldn't find shit. Caesar's Steakhouse was closed. Everything was closed. So I just dropped him back off at the hotel, and I think they just walked across the street to Joey Tomatoes and uh, and got a bite to eat. So anyway, it was awesome hanging out with these two cats, and uh, I hope, man, I hope we can stay in touch because uh, let's just, let's be honest. It's kind of cool being friends with some heavy hitters. Come on. You guys know it. Yeah, right? Come on. Also, um, uh, you know what? The, the response we got from last week's uh, comedy competition has just been incredible. Uh, I really encourage you to try to rally around, being vocal and telling people, you know what, we want more amateur nights, we want more stage time. But, but here's the thing, people. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little bit of advice here, okay? A little bit of advice. And, and trust me, I'm not in any place to be given advice. But this one, I can tell you, is that if you want there to be open mics, if you want there to be amateur shows in Calgary, you gotta invite people down. You got to. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense for a club to open and we got seven comedians on stage performing for seven people. If we rally people, if we really promote shows, we can get a lot of people out there like we did uh, at the amateur comedy competition. We, we had, what, 200 and something? We sold out. We were pushing people away from the door. It was crazy. So if we have that, if we hustle and we work hard together, and we try to get as many people out there as possible and really bill it. Say, listen, this is the best show in town you can have for, for five bucks or 10 bucks, whatever we decide to do at the door. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to pack the club. You know what I mean? And, and I think that last week it showed us that, this, that that's possible, that we can get a good crowd out there. And I guarantee you, everybody that left that club, I was standing by the back door. They all said, man, that was so amazing. We're going to come back for sure. So, I need your help. You want amateur night at Yucks? You gotta, you gotta help me promote the shit out of these these uh, shows because it's only gonna get better if we all work together towards uh, putting together good amateur nights. Anyway, my rant is over. I'm excited. Let's go talk uh, to uh, these two fine young men, uh, Mr. Michael Yo and Nick Geta. 
Yeah, man. But uh, it seems like you've been on everything, man. Like everything that I've seen well, there, like, entertainment-wise. Well, let's break it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Chelsea Lately, you got uh, Wendy Williams. Uh, I'm on The Talk. Uh, I'm on a show on CBS called The Insider, so I interview right. celebrities every night. Right. You know, so I don't know even know if that's on in Calgary, but, you know, I do a lot of TV. You, you do know? a ton of TV, man. ton of TV, and Chelsea's the one that got me into stand-up, so that's pretty awesome. No well. way. Yeah. Well, let's start back from the very beginning, man. Yeah. So we established that we are uh, H-Town homies. Yeah, Houston. Uh, Houston, that, that is unbelievable, man, because I don't get to see a lot of, like, I got my screensaver up there for the... Oh, you're a UT fan. Longhorns, yeah. Yeah, and, there you uh, go. But are you a Dallas fan or a Houston fan? I'm more of a Houston fan. You're a Texans fan. Texans fan. I can't yeah. like the Texans, but I'm still stuck on the Oilers. I can't let them I go. I love the Oilers. I love the like Oilers too. Warren Warren Moon, because that's what that's the era that that, that, we, that we basically grew, grew up, up in. Yeah. One of the most underrated quarterbacks ever, Warren Thank you. Moon. Thank he you. doesn't get enough credit Thank for you. what he did. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because you got all these uh, like Montana legacy and all yep. stuff. Warren Moon just didn't get all that. Well, that and also it didn't help that they had a 28-point lead playing the <laughs> Buffalo Bills at halftime, and they exactly. lost the lead to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. That was that ridiculous. Didn't I'm still help. hurt about that. <laughs> okay, so you grew up in Houston. Yep. And tell me a bit about that. Well, Houston, that Houston, well, that's what my comedy is about because, you know, like back then my parents took a big risk to, have, to get married. Right. Because, you know, he's my dad's black, my mom's Asian. So there wasn't a bunch of blending going on right, back right, then, especially right. in Houston. Sure. So growing up, I had my whole experience is talking about my life being like the only mixed kid within a bunch of yeah. white people. Absolutely. It's kind of like being in Calgary Absolutely. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, this is high school to me right now. This is school. No, but uh, There was no better time to be a black man in Calgary, though. I have never yeah? seen so many women flock to black men in Calgary. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me tell you. I, I say white women love Blasian dudes, man. <laughs> because our skin's like a pumpkin spice latte color. They just love it. They go crazy for us, man. And, and you know what they think about? White babies are boring, man. Exactly. Nobody wants a white baby. <laughs> they want like, they're like, they want multi. They want it to be like, like exotic, you know? So when they date me, they're like, oh, my God, the baby's going to be beautiful. <laughs> White babies are just boring now, you know? Like, my friend, this white lady, it's a funny story, this white lady married, like, a uh, a black guy, right? right? But the baby came out looking white, right? and she was so mad. Was she was like, my baby looks like a white kid. I didn't do, I didn't go through all this just to have a white kid. So, <laughs> she was, like, really mad about it. She was really mad about it. She said all my genes overpowered his. Because she was blonde, blue eyes, blonde, you know what I mean? Like, the, oh, if you look up white girl in the dictionary, it's that a picture her. of her. It just overpowered the black dude, I guess. I don't know what happened. You know, and the baby, I saw the baby. I was like, well, it got to kind of look ethnic. When I saw the picture, it was like a straight up white, white dude, kid. like named Ken. You know, like it looked like the Ken doll. I was like, she felt wrong. Man. Oh my God, that is hilarious. I'm crying over here. Yeah, oh man. Oh my God. All right, so, so. Take me back, man. Oh, so, so then I got into radio okay. in high school. Right. And then uh, what radio did for me, uh, I went to college, played football at the University of Arkansas, oh, no. uh, the Razorbacks. Got wow. hurt a year and a half in, too many concussions back right. then. Right. Quit playing football, got back into radio. And that's where my career kind of took off from radio to, I went from uh, Houston to Austin, right. became a music director and night guy. And then that moved me to Miami for uh, nights 
and music director, and then eventually afternoons yeah, and the APD, like the drive the time. Show. So yeah. that show I did for that show I did for six years. I actually did for twelve, but six of the years was in LA. Right. But the guy who ran E at the time, his daughter was thinking of going to the University of Miami. Sure. So he was listening to the radio, heard me. He said, "I love this guy's personality. He needs to be on TV." Wow. You know, they, I'm sure they looked me up first. You know, but <laughs> we so they, then, the TV. <laughs> yeah. Then they then they put then I got a call and it was like, "Hey, you want to do TV?" And I said, "No, for six months." Really? Because t- I, I didn't want to be on TV. I was just a radio. I never thought about being on TV. Right. You, you know, just happy. I was happy doing radio. I love that. radio. Right. I like. I love podcasting. I love radio. Yeah. Uh, so from there, uh, he called me, and finally I said yes after six months. And as soon as I got to LA, you know, I had a radio show for E. Right. At the time, it was on Sirius XM. Right. Uh, it was called the Yo on E Show. And uh, from there, I met Chelsea, the Kardashians, and then I did the Daily Ten E News on television at the same time. So the brand just grew, and I've always stayed the same. Like, Chelsea liked me because uh, I would put her on when she went to Miami. This was before right. she was Chelsea. Right, right. You know, and help her sell out shows over sure. there. And then the Kardashians, I promoted them before anybody else. Wow. You know, because that was my job. All the Since I did a big radio show on yeah. E!, it was kind of a test ground for all the talent. Right. You right. know, it's for it's like, okay, it's like media training. Sure. Let's do this interview first and figure right. out what we're going to say, and then we'll do TV. You know, it's, 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 it's so funny, though, because like, there's a lot of people that I found in the comedy business that if they were like, if I could only sit in front of this person for five minutes, they'd see all this talent, and they would help me get to the next level. Did you feel like when you met all no. those people, you were just doing your thing? No, because my thing is I love interviewing people. Right. You right. know what I mean? I never, like, everything I've done in my career besides radio, I never wanted to do. Right. And I'm the worst at schools when they say, hey, so did you work hard to get on TV? I'm like, no. <laughs> it kind of just called me out of nowhere. I have the worst stories, you know? Like, don't don't bring me to your career day because it will be awful. I picture, like, sleeping in the, you know, in the janitor closet waiting yeah. for the, you know, the big shot I, to come I in. mean, like, my, my life in Miami, I work four hours a day. You know what I mean? I worked, yeah. my shift was two to six, right. and I would do some extra work, and I would do clubs, and that yeah. was my life, and then I get this call, come to LA, be on TV. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> did, did did you feel that you had to like start from the, like reestablish yourself? I never worried about yourself? that, and, and this is my attitude, because I remember when I moved from Austin and radio to Miami, the boss there is like, you're a big fish in a small pond here, don't be the small fish in the big pond. Right. But I always feel, and this is a confidence I have, and it's not cocky, I just believe in myself. Right. I believe once I'm in that pond, I will win that pond. Right. And it's like comedy now. I've only been doing it five and a half years, going on six, but it's moved really fast for yeah. me. You know yeah. what I mean? I started headlining two years in. I'm, right. You know, so I, because I worked so hard on getting on stage, right. and I came with credits, which yeah. helps a lot, Definitely. you know? Definitely. But I don't want to cheat it. Chelsea... When I got into comedy, said, "Don't cheat the craft. Right. You know, right. actually do the work. Sure. You know what I mean? And that's what I do. And that's what I do. That's oh, that's my that's my comic friend. That, uh, Bring him in, Nick Guerra. Hey, hey, how's it going, man? Yeah. Nice to meet you. So Thank Nick, you, Nick, uh, we met. Sit on down, Nick. So me and chair, man. so me and Nick met. Uh, no, sit right here. Oh, so yeah. Is, yeah. So they can hear you. Or over there. Uh, <laughs> right here. All right here. So Nick and I met. I guess I could be over here so we can look at both. Of them. No, just sit right there. <laughs> All right, sit right there. In oh, it's recording. It yeah, works. we're recording now. We've been Man. going for a while. This is a thirty-minute thing, so you can't. I get... had to go get a suit jacket. Oh, change. Yeah. I googled. I googled how should a shoot suit jacket properly uh-huh. fit. 
And we were wrong. <laughs> we were wrong? We were wrong. So, is it bigger? It's supposed, supposed to fit. It's supposed to fit nice and comfortable, but when you button it, it shouldn't form an ugly X. Oh, okay. So, Not at all. But then it gets really baggy. On the sides. That's just tailoring with the arms. Oh. Tailor with the arms. See, I, I do the 300 pound Mexican. If I get the top button good. You're good? I, <laughs> you're all right. right I tell you, it, it's funny because you had me and Nick at your mall over here trying to buy suit jackets and it was the worst. Like <laughs> two dudes doing, that know man? nothing about nothing dressing. About it. It's yeah. so funny because like I always say this is that because uh, obviously, you know, Canada, Alberta especially is, is big on oil and gas. Yeah. So, you know, this city is a very rich, rich city. So I found for the longest Or it used time, to be. Used to be. It used and, to be. And, and it's like people, like people that work in retail and stuff, they never had to be good at their jobs because they never had to work at selling anything. People just came in and bought, bought, bought stuff. Shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like know, Monopoly money. Guys, right? yeah. It's like they don't know anything about that. They're just like, if you like it, fucking buy it, dude. Yeah. And then yeah. If you don't, just, somebody else will. Yeah. And now they're going to have to start digging deep and see, like, I actually got to know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, everything was half price. Yeah. <laughs> and no, dude. <laughs> we're like, this price. is like the lottery over here. I'm like, dude, things are like 50% off and then we get another 30% because your dollar isn't up to ours. I'm like, yeah, we're score. I like to buy stuff just to see on my credit card. It's way lower. I'm like, this is awesome. I put extra toppings on my yogurt. Yeah. I'm like, I'm man, like, I'm going all out. I'm not even paying for these. This is like free these right free now. Toppings. These are free. We're just cutting the cost. I thought about that. That's a good thing. Yeah, man. Shoot, I'm buying stuff I don't even need right now. It's just like, amazing, man. Yeah, I bought so, two suit jackets. I yeah. don't need them. Yeah. I mean, literally, I think your suit, 25% off right mm-hmm. they were 25 Holy and then shit. no 25 bucks off 25 bucks off and then we get your dollar is like, like 70 70 to our dollars so 70 yeah. cents to our dollar that's right. so that's another 30 percent off exactly so i mean we are killing it out here <laughs> you guys are yeah. i was like i need to tell my wife we're going to calgary to shop man yeah. we're killing it in life up so here you guys are gonna have a bunch of cheap americans i know here. <laughs> buy everything buy everything the prices go back up we're like we're, fuck out. It, we're out yeah everybody's out everybody's yeah out. Right down to mexico or something we're yeah, it's funny. I go down to L.A. all the time, and, and unless you know L.A., because I've lived in L.A. for years, yeah. and it's unless you know about the garment district, nobody knows where to buy a cheap-ass suit. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, suits. even we went to H&M, and, right. that's a, and that's fairly an inexpensive store in L.A., yeah. but the deal was so much better here, because yeah. we're not going to get that extra 30% off. Mm-hmm. You know, we may get the $25 off, but you're not going to get the extra 30%. No. So I'm looking for stuff to buy for my wife and be like, oh, I spent all this money, and no, I didn't. No, we didn't. No. No, not How did really. you guys end up hooking up? What's well, the story here? We were on tour. We did one show. I don't want to say We tour. did one show together right. with Joe Coy. I okay. was on tour with Joe Coy, and Yo was doing his Vegas show at Treasure Island. Right. Yeah. And uh, while Joe was on stage, we met at the, in the green yeah, room. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it was it one was of those green room Because wow. the thing is, what I love about Nick, like, to me, talk about underrated, he's one of the most underrated comics, yeah. you know, in the biz. And I like to travel with people that help you grow sure like i don't want to bring people that just add nothing right right you know right. there's like do their show and they bounce like me and nick after a show we'll talk two to three hours no about shit. shows and different concepts and different things like that yeah. you know what i mean nick yeah. is my guy that i can bounce stuff off i'm just sure. freddie roach yeah he's my <laughs> freddie roach so it's a thing where it works out perfectly i take him on the road everywhere he just did fallon you know, wow. so he's he's up and coming, and he's like underrated. Like That's he's the type of dude that opens up for big headliners, and then the headliners kick him off yeah. because he's like gets a lot of attention. Steals the show. But <laughs> but my thing is, I want that, right? You know, because I want. To Does that make myself. you a better comic? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like playing basketball. If you sure. play with shitty people, you're gonna you think you're good, but you're right. better than shitty people. Absolutely. You know, but yeah. if you're like playing with like 
great people. Yeah. You know, it's it makes you feel great. And it, it's proven every time we go up on a show with, like, all these heavy hitters, like, in L.A. Right. Like, we belong. And not yeah. just belong, we crush, too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It, and, and that's the thing that... In New York, I went after Seinfeld twice. Right. You know, and... It, it, it's this feeling where I don't care who I go on exactly. after now. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because we're going to do our thing regardless. That's such a great attitude to have, though. I mean, and it's I, and, it, and it's not and it's not. Here's the thing: you have to check your ego at the door. Right. That's how I, br- I was brought up, though. Right. You know what right. I mean? Because I've always surrounded myself. Right. And if any, from Elon Musk to uh, Steve Jobs, you got to surround yourself with great people to Absolutely. be great. Yeah. And sometimes people better than you. Right. And then when you see yourself catch up to them, you're like, oh shit. Okay, yeah, this absolutely. is cool. Absolutely. You know, so, like, the, the biggest part, and I talked to Nick about this, the, in my ages, the biggest part, I, the trouble I had is two years in, two and a half years in, I would travel with Nick, and Nick's been doing it, like, now 11 years. Now right? 11 years. 11 yeah, now yeah. 11. Wow. So, so, back then, it was probably, like, like seven. seven. Yeah, he was, yeah. like, seven years in, and I was two and a half years in. So, of course, he was crushing, sure. and people after the show that were fans of mine would come up to me and go, yo, you were great, but Nick... You crush it, you know? And as a comic, you're like, oh, well, that's cool. But my thing is, like, I want people to leave saying, oh, I had a great show. But a lot of people... But a lot of people can't accept that. Sure. Now, you know, I get a lot of comments after Nick. So yeah. just to see the growth, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. then now it's like some people will be like, yo, you were the best. Nick, you were good. Yeah, some yeah, people yeah. still say, Nick, you were great. And right. yo, you were good. Sure. You know, so, but I don't care. Because right. I'm doing realize, my thing. Exactly. What people don't realize that in the end it was Michael Yo's night. Right. You know? Right. It's, so well, that's it. It's his night. Yeah. And like any production, any, any TV show, when it's like Seinfeld. Right. He had a great cast of characters. He was a terrible actor. Right. Yeah. Right. But it was his show. And everybody else around him. Around yeah. him. But it was Seinfeld. Show. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and it's like, I remember just, if you watch Chelsea Lately's show, mm-hmm. yeah. she's amazing in that show, sure. but her round tables were the biggest thing. Oh, when right. that show first started, right. she, the round table was at the end of the show. Right. It started with an open monologue, a skit, uh, an interview and then the round table right. I was there from the beginning right. and I had a discussion I remember having a discussion with the president uh, at the time and he was like I was like why is the round table at the end he was like well people don't care what other people have to say right. that they don't if they're not a celebrity I was like you're wrong I'm in radio sure. people do listen for other people's opinions so they can argue with them Absolutely. or agree with them right at the end, it, it, two round tables up front, yeah. and celebrity interview at the at end. The no end. skits, no monologue. That's right. That's you know right. what I mean? So, oh, I remember when that format changed, though. Yeah, yeah and, was, and that's when the show blew up. People were just engaged with that panel. And, and yeah, go back to my point I'm making. On the round table, what made that show so great, Chelsea let everybody shine. Right. Right. You know, she talked in her biggest segments, mm-hmm. she talked the least. Yeah. yeah. She would, she would so open true. up the topic. Right. Throw it to the comic. It went comic, 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 comic. Chelsea wrap up. Wow. And that's and that was the format. Yeah. You know. All right. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about a guy that gets caught masturbating yep. in a tree. Well, Chelsea got it. One comic, two comic, three comic, one comic, two comic, three comic. <laughs> and Chelsea says a punchline at the end. All right. Our next topic. Wow. Yep. Yeah. But and it was still Chelsea Lately. It was Chelsea Lately. Exactly. It was Chelsea exactly. Lately that you're watching. You know, she just needed to have great, a great stinger at the top and end. Yeah. But it was like, wow, Chelsea, that was an amazing topic that Chelsea did. But everybody else, you know, yeah. was she, she let shine. And those people, I, I tell everybody, Chelsea was like the American Idol for comedians. Right. I've never seen a show where you can go from obscurity mm-hmm. to being huge when that show was at its prime. Right. Like, she was so good. She brought back comedians that quit oh, 
and were just writers. Unbelievable. Like, like, yeah. like, like, literally, these people's careers were over. Right. And she put them back on the map. Just resuscitated a lot of careers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, pay so much respect. So, going back, that's when, when I got on E, I made the, all these relationships, and that's how I got on Chelsea. That's how I got on the Kardashians. And Chelsea, on her show... Before one night, I was watching stand up because what happened after three years on the show, I would fly into different cities to interview celebrities. Right. But at the airport, everybody would ask me, Where are you performing tonight? Where are you performing tonight? I was like, No, I'm not a comedian. Right. I'm just a reporter. Right. And so the Asian side came out and go, Oh, opportunity. You know? <laughs> so I was like, Well, let me try stand up. So I tweeted one night before I was on Chelsea, I think I'm going to try the stand up thing. Chelsea busted my balls in that. Oh, you think you can just try comedy? Like it's that easy? And I was like, well, it doesn't look so hard. You just go up there and make people laugh. She got pissed. The whole round table got pissed. So I go up my first time in Miami. Right. Uh, improv did 15 minutes because I didn't know there was supposed to be a three minute, five minute, eight minute, and then 12. I didn't know you were supposed to build up. And they said, Look for the light. I didn't know what a light was. I was like, Okay. So I just stayed up there for 15 minutes. Somebody keeps flashing the rifle at me. Yeah, I was like, Man, come on, put that thing away. I'm trying to perform over here. What's all these flashing lights going on? So the next day, I mean, that same night, the owner of that improv was like, That was not your first night. I was like, Yeah, it was. So he says, All right, we're going to see if you can do this again. And I'll open up for Marlon Wayne's and uh, Sean Wayne's Holy the next shit. night and sold out crowd 700 people. And I fell in love with it. I called my mom and said, This is what I was born to do. It's so funny. And you could probably chime, chime in on this as a, as a comedian. Uh, I, I, I've interviewed a lot of people that have made that transition from you know people like Sean Kerrigan from like Young and the Restless who's now doing Sean Kerrigan yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just him a while ago and, and, and yeah. to see that transition happen but a lot of people didn't realize that he had been writing and performing for a long time yep. yeah, yeah yeah but he was trying to stand up before Young and yeah, the Restless yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Sean before of, he got it but you always find it you know sometimes there's a demographic of comedians who are like this is not your world and you're kind of jumping in this halfway through where you're having like Chelsea said you gotta respect the craft well that's the whole thing she was like don't be the guy Mm -hmm. that shows up just because of your name right let people see you in the clubs like let them see you working but also help the community out right you know when you're on the road bring comics that never travel right you know bring comics out like when I first started I would bring four to five comics because I didn't have enough time fly them out I would fly them out put them up in hotels because I was lucky I'd get them massages (laughs) you don't have to do all that So I just took care of people, you know? So, because what I did, instead of fighting for stage time, since I had a name, I would go to different cities and create shows. Right. You know, it was called Hot Mess Comedy. So I would would bring out like an Owen Benjamin to close or a Donnell Rollins or Joe Coy. He would do me solid. So they would close the show. I would put myself in the middle of the show and do 15 to 20 to work on my time. Right. Right. And these things would sell out all over the country. You know what I mean? In the U.S. And... You know, we I had a marketing system and everything like that. So it was great, man. And, and that's how I, I made my own time. Right, right. Where comics coming up, if you're not, don't have credits, it's hard to do it. I understand. Absolutely. But I used everything I got to my advantage so I could grow faster. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I and that's the whole, but I brought a lot of people with me. Right. Like I I yeah. was I brought Brent Morin before he was on undateable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I brought people that have taken off. Well we were we were on in the car ride when he got the call. Yeah, we oh, were shit. yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Wow. Were we? Yeah, man, in Miami. Well, that's, that's right. Got, yeah. That's right. Like, oh, man, I'm, I'm signed to CAA. Oh, yeah. Or, or my yeah. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, wow. that's right. I couldn't imagine that, that phone call. Damn, yeah, so it's, 
it's a it's a thing where it's all good, man. It's just showing love back to the community, you know. And what about yeah. for your career? Has that helped you get a bigger exposure to to mass audiences, hooking up with people that are that are able to kind of formulate those types of shows? Well, yeah, yes, because uh, these are people that wouldn't see me otherwise. Right. If right. you see my name on a marquee, they're like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> but if they see Michael Yo, they'll come right. see him, and then they'll be like, "I think I saw that guy in Last Comic Standing." Right. They'll say about me, and like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I recognize." Then they'll recognize. Yeah. But they won't come see me. <laughs> but, see, but see, how many com- comics will you talk to that'll be that honest about themselves? You know, most yeah. comics, no matter... I mean, we've seen comics that have no credit sure. that think they're the funniest thing. And right. if the place is packed, oh, I did this. Right. It's like, no, no the no, club right. papered this whole club. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? So, but... Well, it's I, like the owner said yesterday, yeah, that little old lady, I could put her on, yeah. on uh, <laughs> yeah. at the club and she'll Not this week because everybody's on the patio, but <laughs> right. if it's freezing, we can we can put anybody on it and be packed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's that's the people I surround myself with, too, is there's no egos involved. Right. No. You know what I mean? Because you got to have... No ego to hear another comedian you bring get sure. complimented. Sure, you know, yeah. like like I've seen comedians let go of comedians like that. Right, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So it's a thing where me, I want to build a great and they, show. They yeah. forget. It's funny because those comics forget that they were once in that spot. Exactly. You know, and it's like, yeah, man. You know, like the feature spot, the middle spot is is easy. It's right. playtime. Right. You know, people are just liquored up enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nice they're not. More. They don't have to pee yet. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, they're not uncomfortable. By the time he gets up, most of the time people are a little bit more drunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. about to get their bill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You Depending know, on how long the other comics went, they're <laughs> exactly. looking at their watch. Yeah. So that's why, like, we. This is the first weekend we actually just did a two man show. Right. Right. You know, and it, we. I like the flow because it's him. He crushes. I go on crush, and then we're done. Yeah. You know, I feel like. Uh, like once I was bringing like three comics, you know, they had the open, the middle, no, open oh, and two middle. So many right. comics. Oh my god! Man. Oh, yeah. dude, it was like a comedy juice show. Comedy juice in America is a show with like it's like eight or nine people. Yeah, it was any showcase. Yeah. Well, because it was Yo, a showcase show. Yo was always like, okay, I got to hook up the guy that that gives me spots in Hollywood. Yeah, sure. I got to yeah. have a girl. We got to bring Nick, and then I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Nick was always involved, but I like all. And then he had to put a local comic to help promote it there. Yeah, so be five that's people. So, but that, that's 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 very that's uh, that, well, one, it's such a great thing to do for yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, it was. Kind of, it's the same thing. Like when Russell Peters comes up, you know, back to Canada, he yeah. always gives slots to people that are. You know, helped him at the very beginning, yeah. or has been along for for the ride. Um, what has that been experience wise crossing over? I mean, obviously, radio. Well, came, you know, when I have that confidence. Right? Well, so, I think I think with me crossing over, I never felt anything mm-hmm. like. But I know, like Nick would get a lot of people questioning me. Sure, you know, but yeah, nobody. Yeah, but I'm such yeah. a, and I'm not. I'm not bra- the, the only thing I'm, bra- I'll brag on myself. I'm a very nice guy, right? And I want yeah. everybody to win. Sure. So they never like that in front of my face, right? Except one yeah. guy that I won't talk about. Right. The, the, right. the the advantage that Yo came into the game with was the radio DJ experience, right? Talking off the cuff, the interview experience, and also uh, his athlete background, right? Because he could take criticism. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. being able to take criticism in this game will make you so much better than Absolutely. everybody. Most comics don't want to hear it. They fight every little piece of criticism, right. and that adds years. Sure. Yo took every little yeah. note and said, all right, let me fix it, let me fix it, let me fix it. And that's the athlete in him. Right, the, right. You know, the, is that well, a coach could be like, hey, man, 
You're doing this, you're doing that. All right, boom, let's and figure it out. Have, let's try it. They don't have the ego to, to sit there and no, fight it back. artists like, yeah. fight it. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe right, right. I'm going to try it this like, way anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it still doesn't work. Like, you know, speaking of Russell Peters, he came out and told me like two months in, he's like, you're going to be about six, five to six years, you're going to be like all over the place because, and that's, it's coming up to that time right now, mm-hmm. you're going to be where a comic that's done it 12 to 15 years sure. because of stage time. Right. He's like, that's the equalizer. Sure. I don't care if somebody say they've been doing it 20 years, if they don't have the same stage time you have, right. then they have, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And that's yeah. the great, and that's what I love about comedy yeah. is that if you've been doing it 15 years, but you're not headlining across the country. Maybe you need to look at the other side. Maybe you need to get some credits. Maybe well, you need to do this. It's stage time, and it's uh, it's taking the criticism. To be honest, yeah. most yeah. people don't succeed because they stick with the same eight minutes. Yeah. They stick with the same jokes, and they never change anything about them throughout their entire career until it's too late. Like I was talking to him, you know, Louis. Mm-hmm. He said for 15 years he was doing the same 45 same minutes. Right. Until he finally decided to throw it all away. Funny, but for forty-five, you know, fifteen years, he was doing the same exactly. forty-five, and that was it. Yeah. And he was like, "My career is at a stall. I don't know right. what to do." It took a motorcycle accident right. and him going bald and him having a kid to be like, "I need a new act." Start, start, yeah. developing and, brand new stuff. Yeah. And what's great is, like Joe Coy, he's one of my favorite comedians, uh, and he's like my mentor. He was like, "You're so." Ahead of the game because I started with personal stories, right? Where most people start with jokes, observational, observational right, jokes. Right. You know, I started with personal stories, like real shit that yeah. happened to me. And most comedians, like Joe Coy, it was like it took me ten years to get to that point right. where I talked about my mom, I talked about my sister, right. I talked about like the bad shit that went in my life. I started with that. Yeah. So it was funny. Nick was has been along for the ride. Like when I first started headlining. I would do like 30 minutes on just my parents and my situation coming up. Right. And I was like, I need jokes. He, ta- <laughs> you know? he talked so much about his parents that when I met them, right. uh, I didn't realize that they had no clue who I was. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had known so much about yeah. them. Nick was like, hey, what's going on? What's up? What's up? Like, oh, I, I, think that, I, I think that gives a different perspective on comedy, though. So, I mean, like, I didn't even start. I mean, I, I was a cop in Houston yeah. for, for years and uh-huh. years. So it's like I, I that never even rang to me. I always knew I wanted to be involved somewhat in, in the business somehow. But when I started doing stand up, I kind of looked at it in a couple of ways. I was like, either it's going to help me because I've got twenty years of life experience that I can have a pretty good, you know, either I'm going to have some great stories at the time I'm forty, yeah, or I'm going to have a better observation on life because I've been through some shit, been through some experiences. But what was that like for you starting out? Because you started out when you were young, twenty three, yeah, twenty three. Well. Which, you- and that's the thing. When you start out when you're young, you can always tell who starts out when they're young. Their jokes are imaginative. Because sure. they really don't have life stories. Right. So right. their jokes are, what if this would happen? Right. What if that would happen? <laughs> what if right, this? Right. People that, that started a little bit older or started, you know, or had more of a rough upbringing sure. have more of like, this is my life. Right. This is right. what I went through. Sure. These are situations. Yeah. So you can always tell. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a, in a comics material, you can see who's more privileged, who started young, right, who did right. that. Because it's more imaginative. Right. People that went through stuff, had a real life, had real relationships, may have, you know, had their phone bill cut off, yeah. gotten fired. Those people have more of like, this happens in life. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's actually the better, to me, that's the better route. Right. You know. One of the things that's funny, though, because like you bring up Louie, and, and it's so funny because I hear people talk about, oh, I love, you know, I've been loving his show the last five years. 
People don't realize he's been fucking doing this for 25 years. That's the only reason he could do his show. Right, right. Because he got to that place of where he has some clout where he could, you know, start putting some money at it. You know, it's overnight success. Right. People don't see it took 20 yeah. years to get to be an overnight success. Right. They don't see the work that goes on. People forget about that. Yeah. I think we live in an age now where things are so immediate. Like, I mean, you look at, like, the last comic standing and stuff like that. Somewhere in their mind, people think, oh, this guy just entered into a contest. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh man, yeah. Well, my Fallon set, people are like, oh, this guy's on Fallon? I'm going to tell my friend to start comedy now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, tell, tell him to start comedy now. <laughs> see what happens. Ruin his life. <laughs> and then he'll, he'll, he'll be upset with you forever telling exactly. him. Exactly. Because the whole... people don't, don't realize, like, no, man, it's work. Yeah, it's a thing where you got to respect the crap but like when you when you get all this commentary from social media yeah, it's just yeah. thumb thugs the only people the only reason to comment is to hate right yeah you know what i mean absolutely. that's it, it's set up for people like if you ask somebody what'd you think of that right you're oh, giving them an opportunity to say yeah. oh, i don't like it a lot yeah you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. so that's what social media is absolutely. yeah it's it's people that watch the draft and then and, right. and and say why are they doing this why are they doing that yeah, yeah. it's guys like with comedy there's a lot of Comedy experts that have never been to a comedy show. Right. They just listen to podcasts. They think they know the rules, right, right. and they go and they comment and they yeah. say and they think they know, but they've never been to a show. Exactly. They never exactly. lived the experience. Right. And I was right. talking to Brett Ernst, and like like a lot of these YouTube people or a lot of people that come out of nowhere sure. and do comedy. And I can put myself in that category, but people are starting to see, oh, this dude is he he goes out, he right. works on it. There's some you substance know, there. Yeah. But there's some stuff. So a lot of people that just pop up, they say, I'm do comedy but yet they haven't put the work into the sure. comedy so they're just going by name right, and that's right. when you see like and that's what Brett Ernst said you can't put them on a comedy juice right. they can't do a comedy juice they'll get blown away put a YouTuber that just wants to try comedy and sure. then you're in between like a like a Bill Burr and a Dane Cook and you're, 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 you're exposed, yeah. exposed. Well, the, the, the greatest example of that was Charlie Sheen yeah, right. When right, they thought right. they could just send them on tour. That's right. And they learned the first night. <laughs> nope. <laughs> People will just, give you applause for Charlie Sheen. Right, yay. Right. Say something. Exactly. You know? And, and, that, and that whole show yeah. just became an interview show where people would just ask a yep. question. Yeah. It wasn't exactly. comedy. I mean, exactly. they had to take the comedy off of it, you know? Let me ask you guys this, though, because he could not be a... called a stand up. No, exactly. not at all. Yeah, that's not another all. badge, man. Coming up, uh, career-wise, because I've heard this from a lot of people, like myself included. I remember sitting in probably one of these same exact rooms with Sam, uh -huh. uh, Sam Tripoli, who's one of my all-time favorite uh, comics. Yeah, he's uh, a good guy, man. Sounds good like dude, a good guy. yeah. And, and it's just, uh, you're, you're in the business, but you have this just intrinsic feeling like you go out, because we've all had, gone out and had menial jobs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. You ever get that stuck in your in your head? I know I'm destined to do more than this. I can't sit at this forever. We were talking about that. Well, comedy. I think both of us and I and please speak up, Nick, if I'm not. Yeah. I think we always want stand up to be a part of our lives. We. Right. I don't know if I would want to be a road dog mm -hmm. like where because I love TV as well. Right. You know, like for me, I got into stand up. I love stand up. Mm -hmm. Stand up. If I could put them in order, stand up TV. Right. Would be right. second. Yeah. TV right. would be second. But I know that also. 
I'm a business person too. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I got into comedy because I wanted to try it. I fell in love with it. Now I'm seeing the benefits from that. Now when I go to castings, right. when I first went in, they were like, oh, you're a host. All mm -hmm. right, go ahead. Right. Now casting directors are like, I saw you at the improv last night. Hilarious. Right. And you can host. Let's do this. So it's a different angle. And I didn't do that because, mm -hmm. I didn't do stand-up because of that. Right. I just wanted to try it. Sure. But did I want to do it when I was a kid? No. I love watching Nettie Murphy. Right. You know what I mean? But... I never said I'm gonna do that. Well, that's so true though, because well, if you, you look, didn't know, I right? didn't know, right? You know. But it's su that's such a different talent aspect too to be able to kind of mesh those two things. I mean, if you look historically, like Jay Leno and Conan and all this, they weren't crushing theaters and selling out major no. places before they became. They just they just knew how to interview people. They knew how to host shows, and that's what became. They became well. They huge. were they were they were like solid comedians. But you're right. They well, I mean, Conan wasn't a comic. Yeah, Conan wasn't he's just a host, right? Just a writer. He's just yeah. a writer, right? Yeah, right, he right. was a writer, and they yeah. just feel like we're gonna do it. Yeah, bring this guy out. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's a thing where the world has changed. We're now podcasting. You know, we were talking about like Netflix is a new Comedy Central. Sure. You know what I mean? We've seen people, and I hear a lot of comics hate on this too. Com comedians can come out with one special on Netflix, go from not selling any tickets to selling out venues. Right, right. You know, Absolutely. just like that. Yeah. Is that cheating the system? Right. You know, right. so right. you gotta look, but they still had to produce the material the one, in order to get there. You yeah. know, in order yeah. to get there. But the, some people that I'm learning is they don't write one word of their stand up. Right. Like, like I met a writer and through a, a mutual conversation, she was like, you would not believe how many pe people specials I've written. They haven't written one thing That's crazy. and all they do is I give them material and they go practice it going around yeah. the country I never knew that happened wow you know yeah. Yeah, but yeah. there's no it's Bob Hope man yeah yeah, yeah. made yeah. a lifetime off of someone else's work yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. But, but, but then they, again they got money they got money but what he was but, the face exactly but was, what's crazy to me in stand up it, it, it's funny it's like you get dissed if you have help when you start right but once you made it that's okay. It's okay. You can have five, well, six because writers. because you're, you're paying the other writers who are usually comics and that then other comics in the community are like, well, he's a reason that how to survive. So it's weird to me how they look at somebody that uses help when they start as, oh, that's terrible. Right. But then when you become successful, it's like okay to have everybody writing your shit. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what, I mean, what's the difference? Exactly. It seems um, like it would be opposite. Right. Well, right. here's the thing. When you start, you're rarely, you're rarely, you see, you start at a different level, man. When you start, you're rarely around actual comedians. Mm -hmm. I started with open mics. Mm -hmm. You're around uh, two-year kings. People that think after two years, they got it figured down. Gotcha. You know? And their ego is through the roof. But their ego is through the roof because they're open mic kings. They're the, the seniors of the scene but they have no clue how to get above that. Right. So they're able to tell everybody, like, why are you doing this? Why Websites, promoting yourself, pff, that's stupid. Right. Comedy's bitter and it's hard and you're supposed to hate it and you're supposed to vomit every night. And, <laughs> and, and, but those are two-year kings. Right. You right. know? And then you see as you progress past them, you're like, these people had no clue what they were talking about. Dude, yeah. I, was, I was in it, right? A year, like, there was these guys filming a documentary. I was in it probably a few weeks, whatever. They were filming a documentary talking about how much they were experts. I watched that documentary now. Right. They were a year in. Wow. And here they are walking around like, oh, my God, what are you going to do with your life, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, right. If I saw that now, I'd be like, <laughs> you're doing a documentary on your <laughs> shitty open mic? But that's the thing is that At the I, I, don't, I, I, think, I don't think people hate on people writing material for people. Um... There's just some comics like, yeah, it's not me. 
I'll right. do that. And the more professionals, you're like, yeah, if you do that, you do that. I don't. I, don't I, do that. I, yeah. I was yeah. shocked when I I was uh, doing a show. This is like three years in, and it was a show uh, in San Francisco. And a comic I was doing a show with was like, yeah, I don't write any of my stuff. I just perform. I'm a performer. Right. Right. And, but he was a big name. Yeah. But he was. I was. I so. It was so weird. He was so honest about not writing anything. Right, right. Like, like, yeah. I just performed. <laughs> I'm like, shouldn't you be like keeping that a secret? You know, not just telling people. But he's proud of it. That's crazy. He was like, yeah, I take. I, I have like three writers, and I wow. tour the country, and I just perform. I'm a performer. I'm not a writer. Damn. But you know what? He knew his lane, and he yeah, knew what he because he was like, these writers can't pull this off on stage. Sure. They can write all they want, but they yeah, can't man. get on stage. That's right. That's and so right. he just found those people. Yeah. You know, and he and he took care of him. Robert Downey didn't write one of the Iron Man's. Not that's one. true. <laughs> <laughs> that good. Yeah, he mentioned he mentioned something he would like in it, but yeah. he never wrote any of them. That's true. That's true. Here, like, so, here's the thing: is that um, the this whole like people getting upset about Netflix and all that kind of stuff. If that happens, all it is is jealousy. Sure. And uh, jealousy comes from frustration, and frustration is knowing what you need to do and not doing it. Right. Right. And a lot of these guys, they hate on people's opportunities but they don't realize that they were never going to have that opportunity right you know i am never like i can't if i started with Chappelle, right i'm never going to have his killing me softly special sure that just wasn't going to be my night that wasn't going to be my production that wasn't going to be my route that wasn't going to be my material right why am i hating on him right. right and that's how people have to realize it like netflix specials those guys that's their night sure. that's their show mm-hmm. that's right. their production that i'm not in that ring Right. I'm going to have another production company, another night, another show, my material, where pe- that's going to happen. Right. And then some people will be upset, like, oh, I can't believe he's doing that. It's a thing, though. But it's they, so, you so, got to so, move on. Exactly. Like, we exactly. can't have, there is only one Iron Man. Right. I don't know what it is, but there's, there's three Batmans, about, but there's only one Iron Man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is there, but there's something about being in a business where you can, and I've seen it before, even in the competitions with amateurs or whatever, there's people that really put their time and heart into the craft, and then they see someone come in, and maybe they're talented, maybe, like you said, it's their night, maybe they got seen early, maybe they mm-hmm. were exposed yeah. early, whatever it is, but it's something where they feel intrinsically like, you're taking this from me. Somehow weird thing. It's the same thing, like when uh, Rogan got uh, cast on Radio News or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. News Radio. Yeah, yeah. Are, yeah, News Radio. People are like, who the fuck is this guy? He's been in the business for three years, and all of a sudden he's on TV, and he's taking spots, and he's doing all this. And it's like, that's, the, that's just how the business but is. You know, but you know what's funny about that is, it's just like Brett Ernst said, if you're funny... And it st- it stays with you, right. and people will realize it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it'll hold up. Yeah. Look at Rogan today. Yeah, he's fucking Absolutely. a monster on podcast, yeah, sure, selling sure. out venues all but over it, the country. Right. So he wasn't a dude, that, a comedian that just got a news radio job or whatever on yeah. that TV he show. He just kept doing he it. He kept doing it. He just kept doing he it. He kept the grind on. Right. It wasn't right. like and and that's the whole thing. It's like so you're and I, I I was told this in radio. My first job ever, and I remember it specifically. I was in Miami. I was up for a job in New York radio. Right. And this other guy got it. And I was so angry. I was like so mad. Right. And my guy and my boss said, if you worry about your career like you worry about other people's, you might go somewhere. Yeah, and man. for the first experience. time in my head, I was like, why am I putting all this energy into somebody else? Sure. I need to put it into me. And what I'm learning is the more energy I give to help people, right. the more it comes back. Yeah. Right. You know, it does. And you the know, problem in stand-up is... We don't have that boss. Right. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Nobody has that, that person that's like, hey, by the way, 
Right. Calm down. Exactly. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you got to figure it out yourself. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. even then, when you say but, that to a comic, they're like, yeah, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even think it, I don't think Yeah, it, but uh, you might say that, but still. <laughs> but I, I don't even think, like you said, you don't have a boss. You have friends that will tell you stuff, but like you said at the they're beginning, peers. we right. won't listen. Right. Yeah, they won't listen, listen to people. You know sure. what I mean? Like like the whole thing. They don't with, take the criticism. They don't take the criticism. That adds, that adds just more time of them right. wasting. Well, like we both in Hollywood and we both see sets all the time. And literally, we know one comic that's done basically the same 12 minutes for 10 years. Sure. But he crushes that 10 minutes. But when you're in Hollywood, there's just like, here's a problem with Hollywood. If you don't get booked out of town, then you're at the improv, you're at the comedy store, you're regular there, but you have to crush. And so that kind of, you're kind of scared to leave that 12 minutes. Right. Because what if a big casting agent is it? That's the pressure of Hollywood. They got high level people that are at these shows. What if they catch you on an off night? Right. Somebody told them, hey, go see this guy, he's hilarious. They see him, it's like, oh, I saw him, he's not that great. So automatically in their mind, he's not funny, so you're checked off to a casting list. You know what I mean? So I can see where people would want to... Well, so every time, like, you're in Hollywood, you want to crush. Right, right. You know, and I have one comedian tell me, yo, you're at a level where you don't need to perform in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Because what if you do have a bad night? Only, like, a great night can't help you in Hollywood. If you're great... People be like, "Well, he's supposed to be great." Yeah, you know, absolutely. the only time and perform it hurt when you if you don't do well, it hurts you though because yeah. you don't know who saw you. Absolutely. So he says, "Once you get to a certain level, don't even perform in Hollywood." Now you do have Hollywood favorites like Dane Cook always performs there, sure. and a lot of people have gotten to the point in the respect where they can try out all new stuff and people right. think it's fun. Well, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, because they're they're. But even then, it's a risk. Right. It's a risk. Yeah. Like back when Chris Tucker was getting twenty million dollars a movie. Right. His agents told him, don't do stand-up. Yeah. Right. They no said, shit. don't go around town. Really? Because if someone sees you bomb, say goodbye to your That's $20, it, $20 yeah. million dollar check. Well, it's all about perception. Right. Yeah. You know? Like, like, how many people have seen a comic that you love, and you know they're funny, and right. they're hilarious, and they're selling out venues, but they do uh, the wrong, they're in front of the wrong crowd, sure. and they bomb. Sure. I've yeah, seen it. I've seen it, with, I've seen it with dudes that do, that sell out stadiums. Yeah. Like, they go to L.A., right. they're at this a wrong night where it's one of these... There's a lot of Hollywood nights sure. it, where it's very over-the-top, cool people there. Industry. Right. Industry, though. Industry. It's like Hollywood. I've seen the biggest comedians sure. just tank right. on these nights because everybody's on their phone. Right. It's all about checking out girls. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're all it's trying right. to look good for each other. Yeah. They're trying and to make sure cool they don't laugh. laugh. Right. Right. You know, yeah, man. Yeah. So, it, like, but but at the but at the, I think it's probably resonates for, for people that aren't involved in that comedy. See, it's the same thing. It's like uh, growing up. Like I remember growing up, and I was like, oh, I fucking love Kiss and all, you know all these bands. Yeah. And then you go see them live, and you're like, what the fuck was that? Exactly. What happened? Like that's not who I listened to the last. <laughs> like, they bombed tonight. They sounded horrible tonight. Yeah. Like, or it just didn't. It just wasn't their. It wasn't their night. It wasn't their, it wasn't their night. night. You know. And I. And you know. Yeah, I've seen. It, it's the thing where. To me, if you're funny in Hollywood, you're funny everywhere. Because there's this debate that I've heard about that, oh my God, it's so much harder in New York. Right. And I've gone to New York. Right. And New York, the crowd is there to laugh. Sure. In certain clubs and nights in Hollywood, they're not. 
Right. It's make me laugh. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, they right. They're not coming to have fun. Seem to be yeah. 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 They don't want to be entertained. Right. You have to force them to be entertained. Right. Where every time I perform in New York, these people are smart and they just want to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So I didn't I didn't get the whole oh, New York's a tougher crowd. Right. Uh, right. Not to me. It's they're actually there to put on a show. They're there to watch it. Yeah, like actually New York fun. crowds yeah. are compared to me is we have this club in called Pasadena Ice House. Right. And those people just come to laugh. And it reminds me of that. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just people are there to have fun. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, man, now, amazing. if you do Comedy Store or Irvine on a weekend where it's tourists and stuff right, like right. that, they're there to laugh. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm talking about specific industry nights. Right, right. You know, where yeah. it's filled with comics. Yeah, there are some people there. Yeah. And, but they got in all for free. Right. You know what I mean? So it's they the don't worst. value the yeah, exactly. t- <laughs> They don't value the ticket. They don't, exactly. They're like, you're lucky like, here. Now, make me laugh. Do you guys find that your comedy resonates in L.A. just the same as it does in Canada? Yeah. It does? Yeah. You yeah. don't have to change around? Oh, those no. polite Canadians. I know, right? It's, right. <laughs> oh, we were talking about this earlier. What's interesting about Canadians, or Calgarians, right, as right. you call them, uh, is that they actually listen. Yeah, yeah. To the whole... Very where crowd. They don't, it, it's a crowd that doesn't have ADD. Right. Like, we... As far as me, I am, uh, like, a lot faster mm-hmm. And the pace is a lot quicker in right. the United States. I went up last night and I just did it slow. Right. And they're down with that. Yeah. You know, they want to hear everything. They, they're actually invested in the whole right. story. I've noticed that. because And they're very like, polite. Like, they won't punch, laugh until punch. they're supposed to laugh, which is weird. Right. Because, you know, when we perform, people laugh at different things all the time. You yeah. don't know why it's sure. funny. Yeah. Here, it's like everybody's on the, it's like. Okay, now we laugh. Yeah, right. right, you know, right. It's yeah. like, ah, by the time you get to the punchline here, you're like, is this joke even funny? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. You say it, you're like, okay, yeah. I know it was. And you don't know it's yeah. funny till you hear oh, the punchline. Okay. Oh. Where in in the United States, it's ADD. So everybody thinks, it's oh, this is that. a joke. Oh, this is a joke. Right, this yeah, is, right. You know, so I notice that here though too because you know we've seen people like uh, Steve, like uh, Steve Simone come up. Steve Simone, Bert uh, Crusher, yeah, you know, those guys Crusher, who, yeah, who yeah. are true like rock and tours. They come up yeah. and they tell stories. And, yeah, yeah. And it's a real risk. I mean, yeah, you, you, you hang on stories. someone on for five, ten minutes for that punchline. And I've noticed that Canada crowds or Calgary crowds, they will go on that journey with. Well, they want to hear stories. Stay. Exactly. Well, uh, another thing that uh, a comedian told me. Is that um, stand up for him, and he's a very successful uh, comedian. Stand up for him. Uh, your life is like a sitcom. Right. If you're telling jokes, nobody will follow you. Right. Right. If you're telling real life stories, they want to hear the next part of your life. Yeah. So they they're invested in you, not your jokes. Right. Because let's be honest, stand up is about people investing in you, sure. not really your jokes. Right. Like how many comedians we know have huge audiences. But they tell stories, and not necessarily they're crushing it. Sure. It's just like, oh my God, I love their life. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're Absolutely. growing up with them. You're growing exactly. up. So so exactly. when I started, I just talked about my parents right. and, I, and being single. Right. Now, I just got married, so I added that. Right. Now, I'm getting older, and I'm starting to see things are different, so sure. I added that. So in just five years, I, my materials already changed so much Constant where evolution. we've seen people that stayed the same. Sure. You know, yeah, and yeah. Nick's material yeah. has changed so much. So right. my, I would say I have more life experiences than Nick being married now and wanting yeah. kids. Right. So my material's going that way. So in the United yeah. States, if you saw me and you were a fan, you're like, oh, I heard when he was thinking, now he's married right. and they're going to hear when I have kids sure. and they're going to hear when I have another kid. Right. You know, they're going to hear, oh, what's it like to be married? Absolutely. So you become a real life sitcom and right. if you don't have stories for me and this is my opinion on comedy just six years in right if you don't have stories people have nothing to invest in right because everybody's 
like, like they, every there, there's a lot of one one liners. Yeah, sure. But when you leave, you don't feel complete. You're like, there's, okay, they were funny, right. but eh, there's two ways no to look at that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly what Yo was saying, but Yo is also in the position where people want to hear his stories. Right. Uh, I was told by a road comic a long time ago. It's like there will be a point in your career where people want to hear what you have to say. Right. It's like you spend so much time in the beginning of your career getting people just to listen. Sure. And then you have to make that transition right. to where they're like, okay, good, we're listening. Right. What do you got to say? And but then you have to that build change. that relationship. Yeah, like, okay, right. finally. And a lot of comics do rest on the, uh, like, oh, I was a funny guy. You know, going back to Louie, that was the problem with his set. He right. even says it. Yeah, I mean, I was funny. Right. That was it. Right. You know, and yeah, you yeah. don't want to just be funny. Absolutely. You know, and then he's right. You want them to grow with you. Not a lot of guys learn that. You know, because it's that weird fear yeah. of if I let go of what I know hits and hits and hits and hits and hits and then kind of just sit on a story. Right. Well, is that people gonna, scared am of I gonna get, Yeah, am exactly. I going to freak out? Is it going to be... And I see guys that just throw away their story, their jokes. They just throw away their punchlines right. and they don't hit them right because they get so scared because right, right. they're not hearing any laughs. Sure. And it's like, dude, just tell your story. Exactly. And, and I, I, I got to admit, like... It's one night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I have, I have stories that, you know, I, have, I, I pull them out every once in a while. But... They're long stories, sure. you know what I mean, and that's and I love side. I I was a radio DJ, so I'm used to talking to myself and painting pictures, right? right. You know, because you got to paint pictures, so Absolutely. once you people can yeah. see you, it's easier, right? You know what I mean? But like, I don't mind silence. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind people being quiet for a minute right. to wait for a punchline, or yeah. a minute and a half waiting for a punchline. Where I've seen comedians on stage, where if People don't laugh right. at the point where they think they should laugh. The rhythm is all Everything's off. Everything's off. Yeah, right. you can see they're going, uh, okay. Yeah. And they never really catch And they up. never recover yeah. from that. Yeah. You know, where me, I'm fine with silence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you also, in your head, you're like, all right, how much of this can I talk about? Sure. And will I get that laugh at the end? Because you don't want to throw away a story either. Right. But right. like Nick always tells me, I have some... I have some jokes that are not super funny, right. but they're solid enough to get you to the next thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I always yeah. debate those things. I was like, I should take it off. He's like, no, but it sets the it sets the tone sets of right what you want to do. Man. But but they're not crushing because right. we're so used yeah. to like boom, 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 and now I'm beginning to be like boom, boom, right, right, boom, and be fine with that. Exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So so that's the transition I'm going for, and I and I'm getting deeper Starting and deeper. I want to get deeper and deeper, and yeah. I'm just six years in, but that's where I am right now. That's amazing, man. Like where I just don't yeah. want to tell jokes. Yeah. You know, and when in the jokes I do have, the couple of jokes I do have, right. it feels so like, uh, but I know yeah. they're good for the set. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. You, you tell a few jokes to get them to trust you, yeah. and they all right, you trust me, good. Now listen to everything. Yeah, right. Right. you know, that's what you but do. you always have to like have the things for the crowd. Like you always Absolutely. have to give back. Yeah, yeah. As much yeah. as you take from them, you got to give back. Right. You know, right. you can't just take, 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 story, story, story. It's like, yeah. let me give you a little bit. Yeah. You enjoy that? Good. Now enjoy this. Yeah. You know, and Such we're going to balance great great it. Perspective, it's, man. I would be remiss not to talk about this before I, I get, get out of here, but uh, obviously there's been a lot of stuff going on in the States, uh, presidential elections. Oh, boy. Trump, yeah. All this stuff. And of course, being an American living in Canada... Uh, it's such a different perspective now that I'm away. You know, I kind of always aching it back to football. It's like, 
your coach has, I mean, people always want to coach to get paid so much money. They have a different perspective sitting on the sidelines, yeah. watching the game, not being in it. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got a different perspective now, being in Canada, looking back at the States and saying, like, what the fuck is going on? Is that what people in Canada say? I think a lot of people, either they laugh because it's... It's, uh, it's so ridiculous. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit, you know, crazy. And, uh, but it's also a little scary. Too, yeah, because there's a lot of people here that I mean, obviously we're like United States' little brother. I mean, everybody here wants to go there. You know what it's like? It's like it, you if know? you have a if you have a a, a friend that's kind of crazy, and he goes, yeah. ah, "I'm gonna kill you," and you're like, hey, "Is you serious?" <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> ah, you're joking. Exactly. Are you, are you yeah. joking? Yeah. In the back of your mind, you're yeah, you're like, "Wait a minute." Maybe, I, maybe I always said that the United States in the past few decades have been in their mid twenties, right? You know, where, yeah, yeah. where stuff's getting shut off on them, and they're kind <laughs> yeah. of like angry and ready to fight. So it feels like we're at 28 where you're like, fuck, 30's coming up. Oh, my God. What am I doing with my life? America's having a midlife crisis. Yeah, America's having a midlife crisis. Yeah, America's having an identity and where we're going to go. With but it's insane, but, dude. But, it is. but it is. you know, and I hate to sound like Trump because I'm not a Trump supporter at all. Yeah. But the media does make media a bigger issue terrible. out of some. Because let's be honest. Media wants to play up that Bernie Sanders still has a chance to be Hillary. Right. There's no shot. In hell, hell yeah. that Bernie Sanders can be. Not right. that I support either one of them, but sure. I'm saying there's no shot. Right. That, but in the, if you were to turn on our news, it'd be like, Bernie Sanders not getting out the race. He's taking it all the way to the convention. This is going to be interesting. Exactly. No, it's really not. Right, right. No, let's be honest. Yeah. He's not going to win. He can say whatever he wants. Absolutely. You should even stop putting that angle like he could win. Right, it's right. Out of, it's, not, it's not even close. Yeah. But Donald Trump... Nobody's going to say there's no physical way he can win the election. Right. So they want to show all these numbers right now. Hillary 46, Donald Trump's at 44. Right. Yeah, but that's without the Obamas campaign right. going campaigning on the road for him. That's without uh, Bernie Sanders on right. the road for Hillary Clinton. Can that's see, with yeah. them. That's with Hillary's winning 46 to 44 right now. Just with their him. party separating, exactly. with the Democrats separated. Right. And then don't even get to the ethnicity of the country sure. where Latino vote yeah. is huge, black vote is huge. Right. Latino votes like Donald Trump is like 8%. Right. Like, there's never been somebody. Mitt Romney right. got like 18%. Exactly. Yeah. He's exactly. 10 points lower right. than Mitt Romney. There's no physical way. If you were to look at it uh, logically sure. and not news wise to make headlines right. and to make this yeah, look like a race, logistically, man. there's no way Donald Trump can win. Right. Because he has to have black and Latino voters. Right. It's not a white world anymore yeah, exactly. in America. But news isn't going to say that because that's not a good story. It's like, all right, guys, the like guys news should be like this. News should come up. All right, guys, here's the news. No way Donald Trump's going to win. So we're going to talk about this, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. but they won't exactly. do that. They won't right. do that. They right. want to hype it up, and yeah, I get yeah. it. They're all about ratings, sure. but they're fueling this too. Exactly. You know, and yeah. I do agree with yeah. him. I, I but. I also agree that if he says something stupid, you need to call him out on it. Right. Like yesterday saying, oh my God, look at my African American. Right. And then points to the black guy in the crowd and all the white people are like, yeah, he has more. And he kept saying it. And he kept, and he kept like, on doing it. I was like, this is crazy. freaking weird. Crazy. You know, who does that? Yeah. I watched a video the other day of those little girls dancing and I'm like, this is like North Korea. Oh, Shit. yeah, yeah. It's cultish in a bit. Yeah. The, the crowds Go are Go America. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm like, and it, but at least North Korea's got a little bit of talent. Man, some of the anybody praises North Korea. He praised the uh, Kim Jong for killing his uncle. <laughs> He's yeah, like, yeah, oh, I respect him. That's it's, the way uh, to do it. Crazy. It's, crazy. it's scary. It's scary, it but I am confident in America that this will not happen. But I love, I love that Donald Trump 
This is what I love about the whole situation. It really shows how much racism is still in America. Because white people, people, and I don't want to throw it, but white people like to, like they want to take slavery out of the history books in schools in America. Because right. they, oh, they want to pretend like it never, it, happened. Never, it never happened. You know, right. they want to pretend like, oh, we're not really racist. But Donald Trump, that's who he's appealing to. Mm-hmm. He's appealing to white, uneducated men right. that are scared that minorities exactly. and women are going to take that over. That they're actually exactly. scared about yeah. that. Yeah. They're yeah. scared. It's so ridiculous. And we need to make so America ridiculous. great. Basically, we need to go back to the time where the white man ruled. Right. I That's always, what they're saying. I always yeah. say, make America, you're going to reboot it? Nobody likes reboots. Exactly. Nobody likes remixes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, so, because I just watched that documentary, the one with Michael Moore, uh, Where to Invade Next or whatever. And he points, he goes a lot oh, of other countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, heard about it. And I look at like even Canada, and I mean, you know, we apologize for the everything that we did to Native people here. And the, yeah. Well, y'all apologize for everything. You know what's so crazy? Justin bumped really. in, Justin, whatever his name is, Trudeau, yeah. Trudeau bumped into a lady, and he apologized like twenty times. Exactly. Like, seriously, it's, <laughs> it's so crazy how prideful America is with not apologizing. It's amazing. You know, like, they were so upset with Obama going to Japan and just right. putting the wreath down. And like, no, you need a... It's like, guys, yeah. he yeah. didn't say I'm sorry. Exactly. But who ca- Why are you holding on to this grudge? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's what... How is this progress... Like, the crazy thing about being, you know, being 11 years in comedy is noticing premises that I used to have eight years ago right. have become too real. Right. And I can't do them anymore because it's actually too scary. Right, right. You know, and yeah. that kind of happened with the election. Yeah. Like, absolutely. in November, December, I had jokes about Trump and people would laugh. Right. And then it got too real. Yeah. And then nobody laughed. Nobody, yeah. Everybody's like, holy no, shit. Everyone's this like, and it's anymore. like, it, it became like, people are like, oh, you comics must have a lot of jokes. No. Right. <laughs> we were Because prepared. it's people, it, <laughs> well, it's well, going so extreme right. that it's like, Huh. Like that's a comics <laughs> joke now. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, yeah. What don't happened? you see it? <laughs> you know. Well, exactly. the, and, and we're not. I, I wouldn't say we're not. Political. We're not political, right? If right. you're political, you could probably pull it off. Well, I, because I think if you do comedy about politics and right. politicians, you should talk about everybody, right? And unless yeah. you have. This is what I don't like about Hillary Clinton. This is what I don't like about Bernie Sanders. This is what I don't like about Donald Trump. Sure. Then I think people are on board. Right. Because you're yeah. talking about everybody, everybody, and then everybody in the room is on the same page. Right. With Donald Trump, it's easy to make fun of him. Sure. But, you know, there is some burnout to it, right. too, because Absolutely. everybody's done it. Yeah. But if you still have a brilliant angle, yeah. it's still going to be fun. Yeah, Absolutely. if you get a you know brilliant I mean? angle and yeah. you're good at it, you're good at it. But a but lot like, of But, like, people don't come to my shows. Yeah. Yeah. To hear about politics. They come to hear celebrity stories, fun, a beat that's yeah. my personality. Right. You right. know, we're not here to talk about that. If yeah. it slips up, it slips up. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but nah. Man, nah. man. Let's start off with you for a second. Where can people find you? And uh, where can people see you next, man, besides the Yuck Oh, Yucks man. Uh, you can find me at nickgarra.com, G-U-E-R-R-A. Uh, all my Twitter handles and Instagram everything is at nickcomic. Uh, got my fan page on Facebook. And uh, I'll be out and about, man. Awesome. Yeah, I'm everywhere. We're going to San Antonio next San week. San Antonio here. next week. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah. be in San Antonio, LOL, so that'll yeah, be Then fun. I'll be in Michigan, and I'll be in uh, Scottsdale, all over the place. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. And you can find me, Michael Yo, at everything at Michael Yo, and that's spelled Y-O. A lot of people misspell it somehow. Really? 
Oh, they want. They don't want it to be yo. <laughs> they want it to be. They want it to be something <laughs> difficult. I'm like it's hey. yo. It's not yoe. It's not youx. Yeah. People will come up with it's Michael Yo at everything. I love the Facebook Live, so I'm always Facebook living. So hit us up Facebook.com/slash Michael Yo. So. There it is, and like I said, San Antonio, and then my schedule's on my website, michaelyo.com. Perfect. Yeah. You guys, tremendous talents. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. Yeah, man. This is Dynamite. Thank you again. Thank cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Folks, there you have it, the Michael Yo and Nick Guetta interview. Amazing, amazing guys. What did I tell you? Funny, funny, funny. One of my favorite interviews right there. I hope everyone enjoyed it as well. Be sure to stick around. Next week, we've got some more great interviews coming your way. And of course, on behalf of everyone here at Yuck Yucks, I'm your host, Jake Hirsch, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer, Kira Williams, our webmaster, Camille Sarovi, and of course... The man who lays down all the magic tracks of this fine podcast, Mr. Lane Argue. Go check him out. Very talented and gifted musician and teacher. Check him out, Lane Argue, folks. His link is in the description. Hey, a uh, big shout out to uh, Mr. Derek Supple, who uh, came out this way last week as well. I got to hang out with Derek Supple. It was awesome. Uh, if you don't have a chance to hang out with Derek, I encourage you to do so. And he taught me that you can get free refills at Starbucks. But I'm not letting that secret out until next week. All right, that's it. That's the show. Stay tuned. We will see you next week. <laughs>